Hello and welcome to the No Walls Podcast. My name is Preston and I am here once again with Taylor and Trevor. And today uh, we have something we're going to talk about that Trevor was actually uh, brought to the table. He's been thinking about it a little bit. So Trevor, can you introduce um, what you were thinking about to us today? Yeah. So like I, I have labeled it like supplement the environment essentially. And uh, why it kind of popped into my head is like recognizing that the environment that I'm born in, I was born in when I moved into a new environment, a healthier environment, we'll call it. Um, I realized that there was like a deficiency, like there was, there was like a percentage area in a bunch of different areas to grow. So like I, I was firing at only like 70% and there was a 30% gap. And so in the new, and I didn't know it existed until I moved into the new healthier environment. And so um, it was kind of like the, like kind of the whole process. It got me curious about like, how do we, how do we be aware? How do we help somebody else kind of, kind of like walk through that or see the need for healthy and then what to do when you're in healthy and kind of walking through that process or whatever. How do we, how do we supplement the environment? Cause it's one thing it's to find the healthy, but then it's also another thing to actually like supplement as you're healing and growing in the new healthy environment. Yeah. You follow kind of, yeah. yeah. So anyway, wait, I just, what do you guys think? Uh, yeah. So kind of the first, my first couple of thoughts off that, um, is like the idea that like, so like now that that you were here, that you found like an environment that has helped you, like see I guess areas you could grow in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the like the question I, that comes to my mind is like like what you were saying. Like how do you, if I get to a place and let, let's say I work through it and I feel like I've grown to the capacity that my environment can show me. It's like how do I, um, how do I grow? Then do I have to go to another environment? Like in in five years, does Trevor have to go? to another church you know what I mean? or do or i even to need to grow yeah. yeah and and um <laughs> my initial thought is that uh if everyone around you is growing then you shouldn't ever have to go to another place um as far as like the actual building but the way that we grow is like one of the things we did last year is we went to like the gls which is the global leadership conference and like being in like rooms like that where it's like these people are doing things on another level but what we get to do is we get to go there we get to experience it. We get to take a little bit of it and bring it back home and like build on that. And I think maybe that's one of the ways you can supplement some of those environments. Right. Right. Like there was a, there was a visual, um, that I have seen before in my, in my, I'm a nerd when it comes to a bunch of things, but, um, there's a type of, there's types of trees in Africa called, um, it's called an acacia that is specific for giraffes to eat giraffes have these very specific big long tongues that like grab the leaves and they pull it out but something that's very noticeable and kind of common sense is like the branch that sticks out the furthest is going to lose its leaves the quickest yeah um so like the the branch that is like poked out and that doesn't match the environment that it's around it's gonna like it's gonna die because it's gonna get eaten Mm -hmm. so like this plant has developed its growth habit to be uniform like we all they're all growing at the same time they're all like moving forward and stuff like that so kind of going off of what you're talking about like the recognition of like oh i i'm good to not move in the environment that is continuously growing but having the recognition of like if you are the single branch that's poked out of the tree you're going to get eaten yeah um and so obviously you can't cut it off and put it on another tree but I don't know, that kind of, that imagery popped into my head of like, yeah, don't get eaten by a giraffe, like go to where you need to grow better. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting 
because it's like you can see uh like when when trees have soil to grow into the strength of the roots the strength of the tree the size of the tree is magnified as opposed to like planting it on the side of like an intersection mm-hmm. the tree's only gonna get so big because there's only so far that those roots can grow into and i think to me um when it comes to like environments and how do we like not like 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 the question you asked like just so like every five years of the bounce or the leaf yeah. go somewhere new because i'm like i'm outgrowing this environment um does your environment have room for you to grow <laughs> is the it's question good. it's like <clears throat> so when i'm planted somewhere put them out of spot like do i have concrete on all four sides or do i have like lush soil all the way around me Mm -hmm. so if i'm in an environment that's conducive to growth then we're all going to be growing like we're not really you're not going to get like root bound like you're going to have plenty of room to grow to stretch to learn to see and i think that's why environments where you fixate on development and growth and next steps and the processes are so life-giving like very rarely are you in a a career field or a church or a community or a relationship where we are both having a high desire to grow and that's not life-giving yeah right it's almost always the jobs you quit are because you're capped out mm-hmm. there's nowhere else to go there's there's no new ground to take there's not a new role like like i, I can i can no longer become a better more developed version of myself so when you're in environments <coughs> that build themselves on growth and development will you thrive there yeah um and i think in general like when it comes to just the way we build our lives we should be asking ourselves like do i have room to develop do i have room to grow it's not saying that like your environment's all about you Mm -hmm. because i think there's parts of like i think healthy environments are both good for you and good for the environment you're in right like when the environment's good for the tree the tree grows when the tree is growing well we all get oxygen there's a symbiotic nature to a healthy environment like there, there's a symbiotic nature to a healthy community and so it's both this beautiful dance of like well i'm giving i'm outputting but i'm also being input like i'm also receiving i'm also being poured into and so the way you supplement the growth i think the way you make sure that you're not like like so you step into one season and there's like all right I've, i was living at 70 percent the whole time there's 30 more percent now all right, dope. Well, I'm going to get to that 30. And if the entire environment is predicated on development and growth, what's probably going to wind up happening is what you thought was 30. There's actually more there. Yeah. Mm. You were actually like, it, what, what's interesting to me is like, I could be like, there have been whole seasons of my life. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm living at like 50% of my life's capacity. And then I take a new environment and I grow and like, I'm like oh my gosh, let's go, let's go. <laughs> but I could look back and be like, there were seasons where I thought I was living at 50. I was really only living at 10. Mm. Right. That's good. And I think healthy environments do that. They almost help you see, like, no, you actually weren't as close to the end of the line as you thought, which should be exciting. Yeah. Because it means there's 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 new aspects of me that I get to learn. There are new gifts and tools I can add to my tool belt. There are new people to meet, new lives to reach, new new opportunities to take, new ground to to break. And so the whole process of that, like, I think – when environments are healthy, you always just find out there was actually more there. Like yeah. th- there's always something deeper. Like and I think that's as a person of faith, that's why I love faith so much. 
is it's like you can be 65 years old, follow Jesus since you were 13. Yeah. And at 65 years old, you are still finding out new parts of how God made you, mm-hmm. new parts of how you were built, new parts of the gold and the gifts and the calling you put on your life and, and unique ways that God is still fleshing that out. And for me, healthy environments allow that to happen. They, they allow you to get to the end. It's like, oh, there's actually more. I thought there was only 30% of my life left, but really God had 90 left. Like I, I had barely even started. Yeah. And, and your way of gauging what percentage is really only based off your past anyways. It's like, mm-hmm. but you can't see your future. Yeah. If you knew all God had for you, you'd realize there's a beautiful journey yet to unfold. Right. There is, uh, there's a uh, psychologist I used to listen to a lot. And one of the things that he talked about was that the most depressed people that he's seen, he had, a, he had a, like a, he's a clinical psychologist. So he had patients and stuff. He said one, one common thread is that um, whenever your capacity doesn't meet your environment, and then those you tend to get depressed, like you tend to to like lose purpose. Wow. And he talked about it in both ways. So like he was using IQ as like your capacity, but he was saying if someone's IQ was too high for their job, then your job becomes mundane. You feel like you don't have purpose, and you're depressed. Right. He said, but if your IQ was too low for your job, and you were trying to get into a job that like where the capacity was too too high for you, then uh you were depressed because you felt like you had no purpose in the place that you were at. Right. And um, I think that that's true for like the call that God put on our life. And I think it, like if you are not in a an environment that is at least conducive to growing you towards the person that God's calling you to be, then you will feel that like mundane, like purposelessness. And um, there is that's so good. There is a uh, but there's like a balance there because like I I, I think so he was using IQ and I don't know if there's research on if IQ changes or not. I personally believe that God will put you in environments where, like what you were saying, like your percentage, like you might think that like, oh, okay, like this environment feels real big. This is real scary. So like my capacity, the the call that God put on my life is probably only like this big. And then you'll look five years from now and it's like, oh, wow, I'm doing way more than I thought I could even do back then. Exactly. Like my capacity, the call that God put on my life is actually like this big. And then you look 15 years from now and it's even bigger. And I think, there's a balance between like finding the places that are stretching you and growing you and calling everything that's calling everything to the surface that God's put in you. But also like if I'm a goldfish and I get dropped in a tank with sharks, I'm going to get eaten. And so there's like a, a, a growth that has to happen. There's a gradual process that, that has to happen. And I think, I, I, I guess that'd be kind of my, my question for you. I was like, how do you, how do you think you like regulate that? Like, how do you, how do you grow in environments how do you make sure our environments are always stretching you, but you're not like getting ripped apart, I guess? Yeah, I think, I think it starts with um, like being able to tailor the process to the individual. Mm. I think this, the goldfish in the shark tank illustration happens because we, we aren't realizing it's a goldfish we just put in the tank. Mm. Fish goes in water. That's what yeah. I did. Got it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's yeah. like you. We do that with people all the time, though. It's like, well, this one person received this data this one specific way, and this was great for them then. And so then what we do is we just we try to cookie cutter Formula. approach. Yeah. yeah. And this is the way we will do it with all people. Then, well, all people aren't the same. <clears throat> in fact, no two people are the same. And I think that's usually where that winds up happening. I think the moment where we put you in a spot you weren't ready for is because we didn't actually process who you are, how you are built, how you are called, how you are gifted. 
<clears throat> and so the way you make sure that the next step and the next environment, whatever we're calling it, is a place where you can grow is by actually taking time with pro- trying to process like how that individual is built. The best teams don't like make players fit their plays. They yeah. make the plays fit the players. Yeah. And I think far too often organizations, churches, business, whatever, try to make the plays or try to make the players fit the plays when you got to see the players you got and you got to build plays around them mm. because then that's going to work because then they're gifted and equipped and built like that. And I, I think in my opinion, the way we make sure that people aren't being eaten as in a goldfish is we acknowledge the fact that maybe this one is a goldfish. Yeah. Maybe this one's a, a shark. Maybe this one's a this. And it's not that one's better than the other. It's just making sure that the environment I'm sticking you in is conducive to where you are. Mm-hmm. That I didn't just put you in a spot that is built the exact opposite of how you process. And then being okay with changing the process. Which is, I think, the reason why we wind up doing that. I think that's uh, it's easier to just try to create a formula. It's easier yeah. to say this is the one way we'll do this for the end of time and be done because then you never have to check back into it. But being okay with realizing that processes can change, ways can adapt, things can shift, that's a win. Mm-hmm. And it makes things more conducive for the individuals, and that's where the gold comes to the surface. That's where the best parts of people come to life, and that's where the, the new ideas and the, the fresh vision comes in because someone was allowed to discover how God had made them. Yeah. Instead of trying to take how they were made to fit someone else's mold. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I think another I think another one is that like I, I like part of my filtering that came out of like this concept came up with and stuff was like the disdain for growth because mm-hmm. there if, if I need to grow then I'm not good in my current. Yeah. Um and and like using the word you know, like I use capacity capacity as a filter I'm running life through this year. Mm-hmm. And like the gentle stretching of like an increase uh, is is sustainable, but the quick boom craziness or whatever like that is like rip and destroy kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but the but for me the disdain of growth highlighted the deficiencies, and the deficiencies is associated to like I shouldn't have these or. It's associated to value. It's associated to um, comparison of process, um, worth, um, stuff like that. And what it, something for me that was really healthy um, was that healthy is always growing. Um, Like there's never a like you've arrived moment in a growth process that like, like even the best of the best, whatever like that are still growing in areas or or they're not but like the goal is to continuously grow like there's there's trees alive right now that are older than jesus and um (laughs) and they're still growing yeah and so that that kind of that that was kind of like a cool like safety net for me and my processing of like like okay cool there is no magical line i want to get to and stop quote unquote growing and then i'll have it figured out it's like this is a continuation process of wavering percentages of like new capacities, new things that I'm able to obtain, new things I'm able to take on. And honestly, as well, like like I love that you guys are addressing the like each environment itself puts you into a position where the percentages change. So like you move coming in thinking that you're at 70 and really you're at 10 and then you get to the point where you're like, okay, I actually am at a 70 in a whatever environment. 10 years later, you realize that your 70 is now your 30 in the new environment and so on and so forth in this continuation and stuff like that. Yeah. That's uh, 
it's cool. But that was really, that was really like saving for me of like growth is, is a good thing. Cause like on the surface, you're like, okay, of course growth is a good thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But like it genuinely, like it's okay. And then it's a process. And like the, the fact that the deficiencies exist doesn't um, deter or doesn't eliminate the fact that also the growth um, exists. Yeah. The other thing that is important for me with the process of growth is like, I think realizing there's not really like a finish line to this thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess the finish line is death. Like when you die, it's done. But like, I think culture, life, our world is fixated on a finish line. It's on getting to the end as fast as we can. And I just don't think that's really the process of humanity. And especially as a person of faith, I don't think that's the the end game for God. I think the whole idea is that you are slowly, 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 one step at a time, becoming more and more of who you were always meant to be. Mm-hmm. But like that, who you're meant to be, like the the totality of that person, as a person of faith, I don't think you see till the other side of heaven. Mm. So this side of heaven, it's just trying to get closer and closer and closer and closer to becoming the ultimate person that God has called us to be. If you're not a person of faith, I still think the sentiment's true. Because that there's always a little bit more of what was put inside you, how you were built, how you're wired, that you can be more and more true to. So even outside of a faith dilemma, I think it's still, or faith dynamic, I think it's the same concept. Like, there's still more of you. Like, there's there's still ways that you can bring to the surface the best parts of you. And I think what happens is, is we get so fixated on, like, trying to get to a finish line that, like, we get to 30. And it's like, well, we don't have the dream job yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not right. married to the perfect spouse yet. Right. Don't have the kids yet. Right. I must be failing. Who says that? Yeah. Like who who articulated that had to be the finish line? Mm-hmm. Get to 50. Man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to retire. I still got some debt. What am I going to be? What's going to happen? And so then we get to that. We have a midlife crisis because, yeah. like, we don't have all the toys we thought we were supposed to have by that point in time. And I think that's the problem is we've created ethereal finish lines that no one gave us. Yeah. But we just, like, inherited through culture, through bad family dynamics, through really terrible sermons. Like, we're just out here chasing finish lines that don't freaking exist. Like, God has called us to a process, yeah. not an end point. Yeah. And, like, I think when you shift that philosophy, then you can start to enjoy the journey. Yeah. The, the, the pressure of the journey is taken off of you when there's not, like, a proverbial ticking spiritual time clock yeah. on how fast you're supposed to get somewhere when it just becomes trying to discover more and more of who I was supposed to be every day and trying to fall more and more in love with who our Jesus is yeah. and who he said we are. And that right there, that's fun. Yeah, That's life-giving. The moments where the stress and the anxiety hit, in my opinion, are almost always because you start thinking you're supposed to be somewhere further than you were. Yeah. Instead of just acknowledging the fact that, man, we all have a journey. Yeah. It is unique, but the beauty of a person of faith is it's been tailor-made to you. Like you were equipped, you were built to walk the journey you're called to walk out. So trust that God's got you. Take the steps and enjoy the process instead of instead of sweating the process. Yeah, I'm really glad that you addressed like the the process over the endpoint because it like it, it made me think of like the if this matters then everything matters and if this doesn't matters then like it, like if it was an endpoint well then crap none of it matters really because like you're either going to get to this point or not like period. And there is no, but it's very black and white. So it's something about like painting and the beauty of process is so like, I, I cannot defeat this mountain today. 
I can't do it. But I can take a step today. I can progress forward, whether it be just in a small increment, whether it's a step a year. It's a it's a progressive formula forward, and and that is beautiful, and it is not comparable, and it's like uh, come to mind uh, is like how many incredible like standard setting actors and actresses that didn't get a break that we come like they like set the standard for excellence that are people that are like Morgan Freeman he didn't get his first break until he was like in his upper 60s late or early 70s and it's like that's freaking bonkers to think about um and I think we do I think uh I think we think our development process and or worth or like if you're doing a good boy job um is like time sensitive but not in the way of like we will eventually die but like in a comparison it's like taylor was able to get to the mountain quicker than me because i wasn't as fast as him i suck Mm. but it's like we it's neither one of us are the exact replication of each other or controlled environments and um what we found out is that we approach the mountain in completely different ways. So of yeah. course the journey is going to be different. The process is going to be different, but the end goal may be to get to the top, yeah. but it's just like we're approaching those angles completely different. And that doesn't make one right or one wrong. It's just, and, and then highlighting the beautiful process. Um, I feel like that saves a lot of people. Yeah. I think in owning the idea that life is a process and uh, it's not about a finish line is you actually get to get through this thing healthy now. Yeah. It's it's hard to it's hard to turn it off. If I've only got X amount of time and I see every day as a ticking time clock. Yeah. I don't get to rest. I don't get to breathe. I don't get to set boundaries. I don't get to be healthy. Because every second I'm not working is a second lost that I don't get back. Right. And in the one sense I do love the idea of seeing life kind of like, hey, you only get so much time. So we should care for our life. Right. Which is right. why we should be healthy, right? You Both only get and. so much here. Like we should we should take great care with the gift that is our life. However, that should not shift to pressure to perform and produce at the highest possible rate at all times. Because then it, again, if it's all about the finish line, then it's about how much can I get done as fast as I can when it's about process. It's like, you know what? It's okay. Like I, I didn't get all my things knocked off today. Yeah. There were some things I wanted to do that didn't get done. Tomorrow I can start again. Yeah. It's okay. You know, today I only achieved, 75% of what I wanted to. That's okay. Tomorrow's a new day. We'll build on top of it. And so it allows you to give yourself grace, but it also allows you to say, you know what? I'm going to take a break. I'm, I'm going to spend some time with my kids tonight. Yeah. I'm not going to spend 60 hours every single day. Oh, well, you got to work. You got to work it. You know what I'm saying? No grind, no grit, no gift. Like, that's not how this works, man. Sure, you can sharpen that gift real quick like that, but, you know, you won't make it to the end. Yeah. The finish line you spent your life dying for, you're going to die before you ever see it. Mm. Because you have any healthy patterns. Yeah. You just bled on yourself. You bled on everybody else. You burned the whole ship to the ground because it wasn't moving fast enough. <laughs> you couldn't roll with the waves. Couldn't adjust. You were rigid. And the first storm that came cracked you in half. Right. Yeah. There's no flexibility. Right. Seeing life as a process allows me to adapt and roll with things nobody can predict. Right. And that is a significantly more fun, life-giving grace-filled, healthy way to live this life because now when I say no to something, I don't have to carry the FOMO with that. Right. Tomorrow's a new day. Right. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so something that uh, I've heard you talk about, Taylor, and something that the last time I preached, I actually used 
a, a scripture and it's in Corinthians and Paul is talking about, um, he's like a likening his call to share the gospel to a race. And he talks about how like we like athletes will train all the time and they're training for a prize that fades away quickly. Um, but we train and we get to run for an eternal prize, mm. which was immediately convicting for me because the first thought that I had was like, is LeBron in the gym for rings more than I'm in the scripture for souls? And that was like my like, yeah, that was a gross one. Um, but what it actually did is actually gave me grace uh, because I, start, I started to think of life as it's like a relay race. Like I don't have to carry this thing um, to the finish line on my own. And what's beautiful is what you were saying about the mountain is it's like, you know, like Taylor might have gotten to the mountain faster or like you might, you know, whatever, however you, you're looking at that, but you're both carrying the baton. You're both pushing it. And the fact that you two are doing it is you're both like gaining ground. And then uh, what's been convicting for me in like a, an inspiring way is the thought that if I can do more now in a healthy way, in a sustainable way, not in like a, I'm going to sharpen my skills and burn out in my 30s. If I can do more and and stretch it out and have a good life and live into my 60s as a healthy husband and a healthy pastor and like all these things, um, what that can do for the next generation. And because like the idea that, like Taylor, when I met you, I think you were like 25 because I was like 16. And so, and you were already pouring into me. And so you had 25 years of of like living, of of going through things that you got to like pass on to me so I didn't have to experience that, but I got to get like the wisdom that you gained from that. You know what I mean? And like Jared did the same thing for you and the thought that like I do the same thing for someone else. And like that just like perpetuates. Like to me, that's what passing the baton is. It's like we are getting people closer to to being able to become the people that they were called to be faster. And that just happens over and over and over again until we have like, like, I mean, like I'm already seeing that with uh, some of the like kids in my tribe that have been here for a while. Like me and you, Taylor, were just talking about this the other day. Like there are kids in my tribe who are way further along, like spiritually, like in scripture, in the word than I was like last year. You know what I mean? Like, it, and, and it's crazy um, to think that just an environment can can do that for someone because there are constantly people who are trying to run that baton and pass it on to them for pass it on to them well and uh that's like an encouraging thing for me yeah i i love the point you just hit on because like something that just came to me is like the amount of pride it must take for you to think that the sole purpose of god on earth is in you only Mm. wow yeah wow how freaking selfish yeah how prideful to think that you are the end-all be-all of god's will wow Like, you think what God wanted to do was supposed to stop at you? Yeah. was never how it was supposed to be. Right. God's always been about legacy. He's always been about generation building. It's like, that's, that's how the church is still here. Like, the pressure we're putting on ourselves to get to the proverbial finish line is just so egotistical to think that it was all supposed to be carried by us anyways. Yeah. It was never the case. You were always supposed to hand this thing off. Like, if, yeah. if, if you can see a finish line, your dream's not big enough yet. Yeah. The finish line you need to be chasing needs to be something that has to be handed to somebody else. Right. If I can see the place I want to get and I'm like, I can get there. If I grind hard enough, if I do this, if I put this much work in, I'll get there. You aren't dreaming big enough. Yeah. You need to build something that you got to hand to somebody else to get fulfilled. That is the peak. That that's when humanity's at its best, is when we live for each other. Yeah. When our vision for what's next isn't past just seeing our own comforts, our own wants and ideas landed, but that the next generation has enough vision, enough capacity, enough tools, is healthy enough to take it to that next place. 
like, I, I think it's the coolest thing in the world when I get to see, like, grandparents, you know, at, like, a at a baseball game. And it's just, like, they're they're looking at, like, two generations later from them. Yeah. And they're just getting to see, like, what, like, I helped create that. Like, it was a part of that. Or, like, at graduations, like, when we get to go celebrate seniors graduating high school and I get to see, like, a whole family in the crowd. And they're just, they're championing championing this kid Mm -hmm. celebrating them cheering them on it's like well yeah you've got two three generations there like looking down to you and encouraging you so that you can run further faster also and and in the best case that's what this is and i I think that like i I just don't think i've ever like realized that until you just said like i really think this finish line theology is super prideful it's super arrogant and it's just not the way it should be. Like your kids shouldn't be having to live up to your standard. You should be helping them build their own. Yeah. Like like their standards should be past you. Right. Mm-hmm. Like 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 they shouldn't have to learn the the hard way. Yeah. Right. Like I've had I've had so many conversations. Like I'm I'm gonna make sure my kids have to learn the hard way like I did. Why would you want that? Why? Yeah. Why, why would we want to do? Why 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 not? Like our our vision should be let's hand them as healthy a baton as possible so that when they hand it off to the next generation, it's, it's even more polished. It's even more polished. So yeah, I I don't think I ever realized that until this moment. I think that the idea of a finish line is just really prideful Yeah, that the finish line should be shooting for things that we know there's no chance we'll ever touch. Yeah. And our job should be trying to pave the new ground and try to make it as smooth as it can be. So the next generation isn't stumbling on top of the stones we tripped on. Yeah. Yeah, my, my hope. Um, so actually, I was thinking about this this kind of thought earlier. Uh, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago because one of uh, one of the students in my tribe is my little cousin. His name's Chris. Uh, I say he's little. He's like seventeen, um, but he will just like he's just in scripture all the time. Like, and he will just start quoting scripture. Like, he'd be like, "Hey, Chris, what do you think about this?" And it'd be like, "Well, Romans says this." So I mean, I think like that's probably it. And I'm just like, "Wow!" And like he like there are places in his life where he is like further along than i am and like that's a little intimidating especially to, like, be, you know what i mean to like be like one of his leaders um and it's like I've, i felt like that intimidation like rise up and i was like i don't know this is what it's about like the fact oh, that beautiful. he can lap me the fact that like exactly. i know he's going to be better than me like that's the whole point of this whole thing and you do have to get out of the i think it's everyone's default to be like intimidated by that and to want to be like no, he's actually not better than me because I'm his. I'm the associate youth pastor, and he's not. So like, there has you know what I mean? Like, there has to be a. I have to be better than him in these areas. It's like no, no, no. He's actually like, the dude is better than me in a lot of ways, and my hope is that he becomes better than me in every way. Right. And that Absolutely. it happens as fast as possible. Right. And That's so beautiful. Uh, that's a that's a good spot to end it right there. Yeah, that's a good me. spot. Okay. Yeah. Mic drop. All mic right. drop. Pressing <laughs> with the mic drop. Yeah. All right, man. Well. uh, yeah, oh, I love you guys. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> love you. <laughs>